Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the show. So today we have this, Sharonica Holmes, who owns residential care homes for seniors, group homes and foster care, and a consultant that shows others how to open and operate group homes. Fantastic. Sharonica, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you here. So can you just expand a little bit more on where are you today with your business and who is it you love to work with? So where I'm at in my business is now um, scaling my business and bringing, um, adding a different division. So would you, I mean, others will probably say in order to relate a division to my business, Mm -hmm. uh, which is serving youth. I currently serve seniors. Um, and those are just the two groups that I'm really passionate about. And I call that intergenerational, um, an intergenerational um, living community. And that's ultimately what I'm trying to um, build is intergenerational communities. Um, and we basically call that a life and wisdom exchange because seniors give wisdom and youth give life. Oh, that's fantastic. So you branching out to bridge these kind of two worlds, it's... Mm-hmm. You don't just have the benefit for for one group of people. You actually have two. And by association, they kind of strengthen each other. I love that. Yes, yes, yes. So what what was it about this line of work? Do you like, yeah, hell yes, this is what I want to be doing. What was that like? So actually, um, my work background, um, I'm a social worker. And so I was a geriatric social worker for... Oh, well over 15 years. Um, So that's how I began working with seniors. The foster became because I grew up in foster care. At one point I was in foster care and I actually thought that I would always do foster um, Mm. care before I did seniors, but life didn't happen like that. And so the intergenerational part kind of, it, it, it connected for me when I, when I was working in the corporate world. It connected when I seen the first life and wisdom exchange happen um, mm. with myself, um, with myself. And so I was like, how cool will it be if I created a community or a business built off the foundation of two generations, you know, coming together to help mm. each other um, through life and wisdom? Life and wisdom exchange it just sounds beautiful so you have your mission you have your purpose yeah 
what was it like to start to get this off the ground and start to bring in this? Because it's very much there's there's a lot of moving parts here. It's and it's so fundamental, uh-huh. especially to the the seniors that are coming through. So what was it like to to build this business? You know, year one, year two. What what was that like for you personally? So year one, I opened up in COVID, right when COVID um, started. Then this was with seniors. So March twenty twenty when COVID really was out there, like in the most vulnerable population was seniors. So, Mm. and that was a population that my business catered to. So year one was not only a struggle because of COVID, but also because of brand recognition um, concept. Um, I'm in a city where residential care homes are new. Like they've never heard of them. Um, and so I, w- I was going to be the first one to ever do this in, in this city. And so it was trying to, your one was, how do, how can I get people to understand this concept instead of a nursing home and assisted living? And so it was like, okay, now you have another option of a residential care home and a home instead of a facility where it's less people. And so mm. it's like, in order for me to get people to understand it, I had to start saying, it's kind of like Golden Girls, except we offer 24-7. It's a bunch of women, older women living in a home, just like Golden Girls, but we offer 24-7 care. And so it was really trying to wrap, um, get the people to um, wrap it around their minds that this is this is a concept that you can trust, that you don't have yeah. the only option as nursing home. That point there, what what was it? What was the the hurdle you had to help them overcome? What was the perception you have to shift? What what was it that you had to work on to get people to go, ah, oh, I get it now. What was the challenge? The wording, the verbiage, um, the trust. Um, it was really just trying to find the right um, verbiage in order for them to like get it. Like I I, I went through tons of. Um, but did they have fears ways to try to market to overcome? it? For did they have to... doubts on the concept? What was it that you had to help them to work through? I think it was like um, the fears and the doubts, because whenever you place your loved one, I mean, it's just like you're placing your child. So you want to be able to trust. Um, you want to be able to trust whoever you're giving um, your mom or dad to. So it was yeah. really a trust thing. I had to really build people's trust that I they knew what I was. They knew hmm. um, they could trust that I knew what I was doing. Yeah. In that moment. So we find time and time again, especially looking at sort of marketing and messaging and communication. What was the challenge? Because traditionally it's in one of two places. Was it being able to eloquently say what it was? Or was there a little bit of maybe lack of of confidence because there was something new, something different? Or was it maybe a bit of both? So I'm just going to be very honest with this uh, response. I think it was more so um, confidence in me um, with with the public. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, I, and, I'm, and I say that um, with me just going to be transparent. I'm a Black woman trying to start a business that's a new concept in a city that is predominantly white. So that was a big challenge for me. Mm. Um, not only with the public, but also my competitors. Um, so although I didn't have any competitors in my lane, 
that's what kind of pissed the big box corporate because they knew that people would prefer to come to me versus to them because I'm much smaller and can give more attention. Yeah. So I love you were so open. It was, it was confidence, maybe not in the product, not in the service that you were going to be delivering, but mm-hmm. in, in yourself. So it's did, these, maybe it's things, situations, was, were they, in, in hindsight, was it more sort of self-created and not actually seen and said? Or did you actually ex- experience these situations that made you maybe shrink or question or feel attacked? It was me seeing and hearing the, um, hearing and seeing this um, mm. that made me feel this way. It was never, um, it was never like me thinking, um, Now, I'm going to say this. When I first started out, the doubt was in my head that that was going to be an issue. But me thinking, oh, this world has moved forward, that I didn't think that I was going to have this problem. But once I started experiencing personally, then that's what made me think, okay, this is going to be a problem. This is is real. These things, it's it's not in my head. This is actual. Okay. Right. So we can talk about the fact that maybe... Well, I want to know from your perspective, as we sort of try and give as much value and as much tactics as possible, what was it that helped you to to work through this for yourself, despite the the ignorance and impact that other people mm-hmm. were having, whether they meant to or not? That's irrelevant. It happened. Mm-hmm. What was it for you that actually helped you in these moments? Um. Knowing that I could, I'm, I wasn't um, the solution for everybody, that I wasn't going to be um, the right person for everybody, and that um, the people who did trust me, um, the praises that I got from them, um, the affirmation and the confirmation that I got from them just really just made me feel like, okay, I can't worry about those who um, don't trust me. I have to focus on the my a certain target audience and so I had to like really um just redefine my target audience yeah (laughs) that I want to sort of zero on that because what you just said there is I think it's fundamental for all business owners for to hold a space for (laughs) hell yes I am not for everybody there is Mm -hmm. something so empowering I mean, as a business owner, you're going to get inundated with all these ads and contacts. Um, If you're on social media, oh my gosh, the messages, the volume that can come through. Obviously, you know, I work closely with with, with Katie. We're co-partners in life and in business. I saw all the messages coming through when we first started aimed towards Katie. Mm-hmm. And as a as a as a man with a beard and a bald head, it affected me. Mm-hmm it was tough to see and read how people are animals online Mm -hmm. or they can be. And that is enough to stop people. A lot of times you have one bad email and a thousand good ones. You're going to focus on the bad one. What do I need to change? What rather than hold on, focus on the, the, all the rest, the 99.9%. But that's logical in the moment when emotions kick in and our physical body it's tough to focus on just the good because we're programmed to look for the bad. So mm-hmm. for you to hold space for, what did it feel like? It's not overnight. There are some tools and tactics that can get you there so much quicker. But what was it like for you 
when you actually held that emotional immunity of, yeah, I'm, I'm not for everyone. I, I am not for you. Absolutely. What did that feel like? It felt like I was a badass. I mean, honestly, it felt like, okay, um, go back to who you um, who you were when you started this. You were fearless. So continue to be fearless. You know, don't let the bad outweigh the good. Um, don't focus on the bad. So I really felt like I feel I had to go back and take on the feelings how I feel. I mean, going into it, which was fearless. Okay, I'm badass. I'm mm -hmm. fearless. It was a lot of me looking in the mirror and saying, you got this girl, like a lot of like self-reflection and trying to see, you know, self-reflection. Yeah. Nice. So becoming a fearless badass, that's what mm -hmm. you did. And did it get easier as you went through sort of year two, year three, and year four? What, what was the evolution like for, for you as, as a person, but also as a business owner? Mm-hmm. So it did get easier. Um, once I started um, focusing on what was going right um, and not focusing on, um, I call it focusing on red cars. Cause you know, once you see one red car, you start to always focus on a red car. So I stopped mm -hmm. focusing on, I call them red cars. And so start focusing on everything um, besides what was going wrong and really started to build relationships with um with the people who did trust me and um, which were other companies, other organizations, um, it really was just uphill from that because I invested time into people who were investing time into me and it paid off because they now were my walking billboards. They now were people who were spreading the word about me um, mm. because they, they trusted me enough and they knew that after, you know, me proving myself that yeah i knew what i was doing you know and this was a this was a great business model the, the analogy we have with this is when we, we talk to to clients and, and people on the podcast is we feel like we're going into battle with like a little wooden sword and sort of cardboard as armor that's how we feel like when we're the entrepreneurs just starting out mm -hmm. it does build and then we have our our people around us we go to war with people if you want to call it war or whatever it's to have that, so walking billboards, people singing your your, your praises, mm -hmm. it does come. But having that longevity, having that desire, having that commitment to to keep going despite whatever blocks and hurdles come your way. Um, were there times that you were like, you sat down and thought, I'm not even sure if I can keep on going. I need to pause and think. Did that ever happen? Oh, yes. So many times. Um I mean, the rough patches were rough when they when they, when it was rough patches. It was times where I'm just like, mm, the first person that comes along and offers me offers to buy this business, they can have it. I mean, it was it was times like that where I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was definitely times like that. Yeah, and I think it's in those moments. It's in those moments that we we find ourselves at a crossroads. Yeah. Sometimes those moments, I'm holding my hand up and say, sometimes it is, there's a lot happening. There's situations. It can be tough. Other times, maybe you're just hungry. Maybe you just need a bit more sleep. It's just yeah. some simple things that trigger these crazy moments like, oh, I've had a sandwich. I feel better now. It's not the end of my business. It's, <laughs> I was just a little bit hangry, right? Right, right. <laughs> 
exactly and we can laugh about it. This is the journey we've all we've all been on. We've all been there. Yeah. So hey, look, you're four years into your business, you've gone through discrimination, you've gone through the challenges, you've bolstered yourself. Now you're launching into your, your second sort of business, the, the the new shift. It's all rainbows and buttercups and unicorn farts, right? It's so easy now. That's the way it works, right? I wish. <laughs> So what's I wish what, what's going on right now in this new transition? What are you finding that's sort of coming up or 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 happening as you take this this next step? Um, me rehashing um the emotions and feelings I had of in real one, um, the anxiety, me feeling overwhelmed, me not knowing what's going to happen because I don't know what's going to happen. Mm. So yeah, all of my feelings, um, even with, you know, your one was rough on my marriage. You know, I paid so much attention to my business that, you know, I neglected my family. And so that's kind of one of the things is in the back of my head now. It's just like, I want to make sure I don't do that again. Mm. Oh, there's, there's something lovely in there that um, you've seen too much. You've seen what could go wrong. So... Mm. Here's a question for you in this with the wealth of fears and emotions and uh, overwhelm that's sort of coming your way. And, the, and the, the, the memories of trauma from from how it was like when you first started. Would you say it's fear of success that is a core aspect? What will happen if it's big? What happens when I do have more responsibility? What happens when or is it fear of failure? What happens if it doesn't work? What happens if it crumbles? Which one has more of a sort of energetic tie-in for you oh god it has to be the success um it has to be the success Uh, and I say success because I've never been the person who's scared of failure because I think failure just teaches us how to do it better the next Mm. time um so for me it's a success like if this goes exactly the way I want it and it gets bigger am I going am I I going to be able to um, do this without still compromising my peace and my family. It's like, cause mm. you know, the bigger you get, the more time you're going to be away. Um, you're going to be pulled in a lot of more different directions. And so, although I want the success, it's just the fear of the fear of, I mean, I want being pause. so successful, <laughs> it just does it like it's overwhelming. If I may, mm-hmm. at that point, there is a message that Katie sent to one of our private clients this morning, and it's it's relevant and it's it's for you as well. So you said the bigger I get, the more I'm pulled in these directions. Hey, what if? Because that is not true for every single person, for every single business owner. There are people who got bigger and it became easier. Therefore, it is not a rule. What if, let's try and shift this way of thinking. What if the bigger you get, the easier it becomes? What if the bigger you get, the more time you have? What if the bigger you get, the easier it is? What if the more success you get is because of the less that you do? Ah. Oh. See, it's, it's mindset. <laughs> it's mindset. If that was true, if that was true, what yeah. shit, what would change? What would you do differently? What would how would you go into this 
as we're on a sort of Friday afternoon, how would you go into the weekend? What would be different? Me being able to bring on more people <laughs> to um, take care of me being, you know, whatever direction I was pulled in, I had a person to to handle that situation. Um, it, it's you just you just said a lot. Um, what if you know with success, you know, um, it is easier, and I I guess I never think about it if it's if it is easier. Um, because I always feel like I'm responsible. Yeah. But I, I guess I need to change my mindset and, and just go into this saying, when it becomes easier, you have more help. You have more people put in place. Um, mm -hmm. You now have that, you know, support system. Yeah. So where I'm not there every day. Yeah. And that's level one, having that understanding and thinking I can do mm -hmm. it from here. That's one of the biggest challenges we all face is, I, oh, I've got it now. It's how to emotionally apply it. It's how to actually mm -hmm. physically do mm -hmm. the thing, pick up the behavior and the traits. So knowing it is one step is a huge step. I want to just just sort of tie back in just, just quickly with maybe an example of this, because you, you told me, you told me about the red car syndrome. Mm -hmm. Look at the red cars. I love that. It's great. Yeah. When you go out and buy a new car, it's like, damn it, there's a million on the road. What's going on? I've saw none. <laughs> it's, it's our brain. Right. It's what our reticular activating system does. We see what's relevant. Mm -hmm. You want to see threats? We'll see it. And we mm -hmm. won't see the opportunity. If you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. I can throw all the metaphors at you if you want. But taking the red car syndrome, you're looking for the red cars in success. You're looking for those. So whilst you know this concept and apply it elsewhere, it's sneaky and it's rife in somewhere else, but you can't see it. Yeah. 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 <sighs> yeah. That was a that was a take your own advice moment, but apply it in another area. <laughs> and with here that's again yeah. choosing adventure, it's either, ah oh, shit, Mark, that was a lot. Or what I'd rather you think, which is Oh, that makes it simple. Because you could think either way. What, yeah. would, what, which one yeah. would serve you better? Yeah. And then pick it. Yeah. Seeing it the way you just said it. I mean, that makes. It makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. It does. Um. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna change my mindset with that. I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best <laughs> to take my approach of red cars and apply it over here with my growth. Yeah, you just simplified yeah. one challenge. You have the answer, yeah. you know how to apply yeah. it. It's how you mm -hmm. just kind of shift and go, oh, this is a tool I can use for this as well. It's kind yeah. of beautiful. We simplify this, we make it more fun, and also we're like, ah. Oh, you're numpty. Of course, I know this stuff. I know this stuff. And these realizations where you can laugh about it is these are the best conversations that we have with people because it is tough being a business owner. It is crazy making. Who else is mm. crazy enough to do this? Who's going to come yes. with us? But uh, you're still going. And you wouldn't, I, I guess you wouldn't change it for the world because you've what you've been through, what you've achieved and shit, all the 
direct and indirect impact you're going to have with these two generations is mm-hmm. that's incredible. So let's round this off. What is what is the big picture goal? Where where are we actually going? It, it scares me, but I'm 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 up for it. But what I would really love to see is um, an intergenerational campus um, where I have seniors and youth living um, on the same um, on the same grounds, and mm-hmm. the seniors serving as grandparents um, to the youth, and the youth serving as um, when I say youth, I mean the same age group, 17 to 21, um, maybe working um, on the grounds to serve the seniors or um, still doing that programming, but still making the youth feel like they have grandparents mm. and somebody that they can do life with. Um, and again, it goes back to the life and wisdom exchange. Um, and they have models like this out um, in the United States. Um, but we don't have any in Texas. So my biggest goal is to um, really take that business model and implement it in Texas. Sounds fantastic. Absolutely beautiful. Hey, Shronika, thank you so, so much for, for playing along, for sharing your business, your dreams, your ups and your downs and sort of going through what's what's happening right now. As you as you scale, as you grow, it's it's always fascinating. Thank you so much welcome and look if people want to find out more about about you your business model how you help people where can they find you um they can go to betterme-foundation.org um that gives you more of the details of how we're um the intergenerational living um model that we're trying to do awesome everyone go check that out it sounds super fantastic thank you again for being here it's been so much fun Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You've given me a lot to get off and think about. (laughs) (laughs) Have a cup of tea. Digest that. Yeah. Love it. Thank you. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? We ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is. And we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah. So please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. See you next time. Bye.